Dynasty Blueprint with Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Welcome to another edition of the Dynasty Blueprint. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell, joined by Matt Williamson. Matt, we are ready for week nine. How are you doing, my man? I am great. A little busy this week. I don't know why. It just seems maybe Halloween or whatever, but it's just getting away from me. But I'm glad we got to do this. Usually we record on a Tuesday. We're going to do this on a Thursday before maybe the worst game in history. Uh, I don't think that's going to have a whole lot of fantasy ramifications. No, no, you're not excited about the the Nick Mullins there, <laughs> right? Like to make matters worse, they're on their third quarterback. Uh, yeah, it, we might we might just record an extra long show just to just to miss that game. Um, I don't, I don't think we'll be missing anything. Uh, Matt, this week we're going to answer some listener questions and we got some good ones. There's, there was a lot of news this week, obviously with the NFL trade deadline. And uh, there are a lot of questions related to those trades, to the news. We'll try to cover it all. And I'm, I'm going to start with you with a layup for you. This is a question from Joe. Joe says, Aaron Jones, a star in the making or do the Packers add another running back in the offseason. So, of course, this question, uh, at least in part, I'm sure, stems from the move the Packers made this week after Ty Montgomery really blew the game for them last week or at least blew their chance at, at coming back and winning that game. It seemed like there was some immediate bad blood between Montgomery and, and some of his teammates, and he got shipped off to Baltimore. Uh, we'll talk about him in just a second. Let's start with your boy Jones. I know you're already, you have already been a fan, always been a uh, a, a big believer in him, in Aaron Jones. So, are you going crazy now? Are you are you buying everywhere, or did you have him everywhere already? I kind of had him everywhere. Um... I'm not ready to say that I feel justified yet, but maybe next time we talk, I will. I still think they trust Williams more in protection and as the goal line runner. So that's a problem, obviously, with, you know, touchdowns and receiving time and all those things. But I think he looks great. I think he's overall in a pretty good situation. Getting Montgomery out of the way sure helps. It's just a sliver of the pie that's gone. Yeah, that's how I feel as well. Um, and I'm I'm not like you. I haven't necessarily been a Jones supporter. And in, in fact, my my play at this point would be to use this uh, use this news as a chance to sell Jones. If you're like me and and you have some doubts, I think you can probably get a first rounder for him at this point. Yeah, and I would consider that. I'd give you one. We we might be able to work a deal. <laughs> so Matt in. In last month's DLF Dynasty ADP, Jones was RB25. Just today, we started the November mock draft, so we'll we'll have some new ADP probably by this time next week. How high do you think Jones can climb from that RB25 spot? 15-ish. Wow. Okay, so... Uh, I'll, I'll go with some of the names ahead, directly ahead of Jones. Uh, and again, this is based on October data. All right, how about we Mark, do this exercise? You you mentioned them. I'll say if I'd rather have Jones or that dude, and you do the same. Okay. Is that cool with you? Mark, Mark, Mark Ingram. Jones. Uh, I would agree. Kenyon Drake. Jones. I think I agree there as well. Rashad Penny. Oh, Jones. Penny, gosh, these rookies are tough. Penny. 
He was going to play. Ronald Jones. I guess I'll take Aaron Jones there. Uh, another rookie, Royce Freeman. Jones. Mm. That that might be my tipping point. If it's not that one, it's the next one. RB twenty was Tevin Coleman. Jones. Okay, I'm I'm taking I'm taking Coleman, so I'm I'm off the train. We'll see how high you can okay. go with this. This is like the yodeler in that. Uh... <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Ooh, Ooh, Ooh. And price, is, price right, is right. Yeah, yeah. So you fall off the cliff. Nick, Ch- Nick Chubb. Chubb. Yeah. So, uh, Carry on Johnson, Johnson, Sony Michelle, yeah, yeah, yeah. Darius Geis. Okay, yeah. so that's uh, that's about where you, you shot a little high on our. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 yeah, no. no you're right. Our, you're right. I probably moved up five spots. Yeah, that that puts him about RB twenty, which which would still be a, a pretty solid jump uh, in just one month. So, and and that's probably realistic. He is going to jump. Um, as far as the Packers adding another running back in the off season, I, I don't think it's an either or. I think they probably will add a running back. I mean, they're down to basically two guys that they that they play. Uh, I'm I'm actually surprised they didn't add a running back this week uh, with these roster spots coming open. Um, but I don't think that means we have to like Jones any less. No, right. I mean, if he is what I think he is, I think they might just add like a fifth or sixth round pick as a running back, you know? Right. So my concern with Jones has been has not been his talent, but it, just his usage, and and it seems like the Packers haven't quite trusted him. Uh, my concern with him is is a lot the, the same concerns that I had with uh, Derrick Henry. You know, I I like the talent, I wanted to believe in the talent, but the Titans never really seemed to believe, um, and and it's kind of been the same way with Jones in that there's basically been a three way split, and now. We're going to see that go down to a two-way split, which is good news for Aaron Jones, probably good news for Jamal Williams as well. And a good offense. Yep. So Jones, I think, is one of the beneficiaries of the Packers trade that they made. But in my opinion, maybe the big winner out of that deal was Ty Montgomery himself. He he goes from the Packers where he was uh, clearly the, the third fiddle and, and evidently you know, had, had this animosity building, whether it was on his end or, or whatever the case may be, we didn't really realize there was maybe some bad blood there, but whatever the case might be, he's, he's in Baltimore now, Buck Allen. I think Buck Allen might be in trouble here. If you were counting on him and and probably, probably none of us were, but if you thought Buck Allen was going to be that PPR running back for the uh, Ravens, towards the end of the season. It looks like that might be Ty Montgomery now. What are you thinking about Montgomery? I like the move a lot. I actually wrote up all these trades for ClaytonFootball.com and said, you know, even for redraft reasons, and I said, keep an eye on Montgomery. I mean, it might be a week or two, but this is an offense struggling, you know, a lot of trick stuff with Lamar Jackson. I think Montgomery can be used in a lot of ways. I think he's already their best receiving back. I think he could be lined up outside. Um, the guys in front of them are not very daunting. For some reason, they like Buck Allen. I don't know of any idea why. Although, for Dynasty, this, to me, is a team that's going to be in the running back market this offseason. Yeah, I agree. And and I guess I guess it depends on what type of back they target or if they're drafting one, if they're signing one. That will tell us which of these guys is really going to carry the value going forward. Is it going to be Ty Montgomery or, or might it be Alex Collins? But I agree, 
they're most likely adding a running back. And, and I agree with basically everything you said regarding Montgomery as well. Uh, to me, he's, he's a guy that, uh, that I would be going out and trying to acquire. In fact, I, I did acquire him today. I gave a, a 2019 third rounder for Montgomery, a league where I'm a contender and, uh, don't know that I'll start him, but some, some nice PPR depth, uh, never hurts as you're trying to get into the playoffs and, and hopefully deep into the playoffs. Yeah. It wouldn't shock me if you end up starting them once between now and the end. I mean, I assume your team's pretty strong. Sure. Yeah. So that's the Ty Montgomery trade. We had two other big trades. Let's talk about the next one. Uh, and in name value, I guess this was probably the biggest trade. Uh, the Broncos send Demarius Thomas to the uh, Houston Texans. We know Houston lost Will Fuller last week. They've also got Kiki Cutie, who is dealing with a hamstring injury. It looks like he'll play this week. But uh, hamstrings have really been the injuries of the the kind of the injury story of the entire season, keeping Fournette, keeping Dalvin cook on the sideline for quite a while. So um, we know that that's maybe something that's not just going to go away and they get Demarius Thomas. Um, let's, let's start with the Thomas side. How do you see his fit with the Texans and his, his dynasty value was way down Matt in, in Denver. Can he bounce back or is he a guy we're going to be able to start as the season uh, goes on in this second half? I don't have a real strong feeling one way or another, but I still think he's a rental. I mean, he's very ex- ex- uh, he's very expensive next year. I think they'll cut him after this season, although they do have some cap space, and Fuller will return. And um, I think the key here, football-wise, I know this isn't really the answer everybody wants, is Texans are in first place in a terrible division. They want to keep Watson, you know, maturing, you know, get some playoff reps, hopefully. And otherwise, without making this move, you're going to quadruple cover DeAndre Hopkins. You know, like it makes it where Hopkins, I thought, was in trouble. And of course, he's foolproof. This opens things up for him. But I don't know. I'd rather have a speed guy than Demarius Thomas. And I don't think he's all that impressive at this stage of his career. Yeah, that's fair. I heard and saw some concern that he would lose tar- <clears throat> excuse me lose targets um, with the move from Denver to Houston, and uh, of course he's not going to he's not going to be the number one option there. We we all know that, but he wasn't really the number one option in Denver either. No. Not this year, and, and in fact, the three receivers: Cortland Sutton, Emmanuel Sanders, and and Thomas basically had a, a pretty even three-way split as far as their targets and their snap percentage and things like that. So in Houston, I see him as the clear number two, especially depending on Kiki's hamstring injury. So I kind of like it. I think you might even see more volume than he did in Denver. And again, if you're a contender and, and you need a uh, maybe that flex starter, he, he could be a guy to target. The only issue is he still he still does carry that name value. So if you have him on your roster, you still think you're getting a first rounder and you're you're not getting a first rounder. I mean, if you happen to have him for dynasty and you'd like to move him is a second round, you know, a, a blanket second rounder a logical ask, asking price? Yeah, yeah. For and, I, and I think that I think that would be fair either way as far as uh, whether you're a buyer or a seller. I think that's that's the fair price. 
I don't think he's worth even close to a first rounder. No. And, and I certainly think he's worth more than than even an early third rounder. So, yes, smack dab in, in that second round range for Demarius. Let's move to the Denver side of things. And this is this question comes from Garrett. Obviously, Cortland Sutton's ADP is going to rise. Where do you see his ADP settling in going into 2019? So uh, before we look at the ADP and the dynasty value end of things, Sutton is is a guy who, as I said, was already seeing some targets. I said on this show in the preseason, in the offseason, that I, I kind of felt like this would be a redshirt year for him. He'd get a chance to learn under Sutton. I'm sorry, under Sanders and and Thomas, and and obviously that was way wrong. They <clears throat> they threw him into the fire, and uh, it, it, he's had some inefficiency issues. He's he's dropped a lot of balls, and uh, he's he's seen way more targets. I, mean, I think he's I think he's under fifty percent as far as his catch rate. But they they trust him enough to make this move. So I think regardless of really how he plays the rest of the season his value is going to going to see a jump. What do you think about what you've seen just on the field from Sutton? Yeah, I'm impressed. Uh, they, they love going his way in the red zone. Um, I think he's going to get a lot of targets going forward. The only negative thing I have to say about him is I think he's got a really bad quarterback situation, you know, long-term and short-term. Well, short-term, we would all agree. Mm-hmm. I mean, Keenum, is, Keenum has been a disappointment. Nobody would argue that i think he's thrown an interception in every single game i I believe was the stat i saw last week but i i don't know about long term none of us do right 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 they they have to they have to address that maybe they thought chad kelly was the answer long term and and that's not happening now uh let's let's shift to his dynasty value though and and let's do the same exercise we did with aaron jones in october adp Cortland sutton was the wide receiver 33 so throw out a number in November right now. Where do you think he ends up? 24. That's that's about kind of where I was thinking as well. And I will tell you, Calvin Ridley last month was wide receiver 25. So that oh, I prefer 24 might, might be about right. Um, going up from Sutton, we've got Marvin Jones. And he got Gordon. he helped a little bit. His stock just went up a little bit too. Marvin he did. Yeah. Yep. I, I don't. I don't know if his dynasty value no really changes much, but I I would certainly think Sutton would jump ahead of Marvin Jones, ahead of Josh Gordon, Chris Godwin. Uh, wide receiver twenty nine was Robert Woods, so he he should see a jump as well, just based on uh, on his performance over the first uh, couple months of the season. Mike Williams, wide receiver 28. Sutton. Golden Tate, Alshon Jeffrey, Calvin Ridley, Doug Baldwin, Sammy Watkins, Corey Davis. I'd rather Davis. Alshon seems a little low on that list, too. I think Alshon's having a heck of a year with a great quarterback. I think I'd rather have Alshon, I'd rather have Davis than the ones you mentioned. And so we're almost, we're getting close to top 20 status for Sutton. So um, we're not breaking any news here that he's going to see a major jump in ADP and Garrett's specific question. Where do you see his ADP settling in going into 2019? We always know that these young players, especially rookies coming off their first year in the league 
continue to gain value unless they've just been a total train wreck. We saw Davis do this last year. He didn't really do much of anything in his rookie season, kind of flashed, had the nice playoff game where he caught a couple of touchdowns and his value went crazy. He jumped into the top 15 dynasty wide receivers and I could see Sutton doing the exact same thing. I could too. I mean, especially if they land a quarterback this offseason for people to get excited about. Um, I mean, I think he'll be the number one in 2019 on that team. You know, Sanders will be less fantasy productive than Sutton. And touchdown machine, yeah, I mean, it wouldn't shock me if he ends up in the 15 neighborhood. Yeah. 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 I have one question for you, too, though. Sure. Who do you think becomes the three in Denver? Is it Deshaun Hamilton? I think Hamilton's probably the long-term play, Mm -hmm. um, or at least... Kind of a sneaky acquisition right now, though. Right. I mean, they would hope Hamilton would would be the guy who can claim that spot. Um, He's dealing with, I believe, an MCL injury right now, so... His status is kind of shaky. We saw Tim Patrick catch his first touchdown, uh, first career touchdown last week. He's probably worth an ad just based on some volume and some playing time that he might see. Uh, but it's it's really going to be a two-man show, I believe. Yeah, I, I do too. And but I, I bet there's some leagues that Hamilton isn't owned. Maybe he's a sneaky play, you know, to, to get for, for the long term. Right. Yeah. If he, if he's out there, definitely a guy to uh, add at the end of your bench and, and just see how the rest of this season goes. Hopefully he gets healthy and gets back on the field. Matt, the last big trade that we want to talk about was the Golden Tate deal. You mentioned Marvin Jones maybe gaining a little value. So the Lions trade Golden Tate to the Eagles. Kind of a curious move, I think. I, I was surprised, not that the Lions traded him, but that the Eagles were interested. So let's let's just start with Tate in Philly. Of course, they have Alshon Jeffrey there. They have, they have Nelson Aguilar. And, and to me, this is really an indictment on him and his play. What are your thoughts just on the deal from a football perspective? Yeah, I mean, I think it does kill Aguilar's stock for sure. I mean, it, it was once high, and now I think it, it says a lot about what they think of him. They don't run the ball at all. And I feel like the Super Bowl champs are saying, Wentz, this is your team. You're our only hope. We're going to surround you with everything we can, and we're going to throw like crazy. Probably a lot of short passing, though. I mean, like, their tackles are banged up. Um I think it's going to be a controlled passing game with a lot of after the catch, which favors Tate quite a bit. So I think this is a spike for him, although it's not easy to acclimate to a new team either. Um, But I think it really hurts Aguilar. I don't think it affects Alshon all that much, maybe a smidge. I don't think it hurts Ertz. I think they're going to throw a lot. Yeah, I guess my concern with Tate is is kind of the opposite as Demarius. I'm afraid he will lose some volume. He will lose some opportunity that he uh that he had in in Detroit. He was averaging basically 10 targets a game in Detroit. I don't think he gets to that point even though they're going to throw a ton in Philly. I I did see somebody mention basically just the area of the field that you see these guys play in. And we know we know Tate thrives on the short yardage stuff, but so does Zach Ertz. So yeah. and Goddard. You said, right? You said you don't think it necessarily affects Ertz. 
I just think he's the apple of Wentz's eye. Okay. So so Tate might be the second option on those uh, on those dump offs or those intermediate routes. Yeah, I think I just think it's going to be a lot of passes. I think Wentz is the one that gets the biggest boost. So what it, what does your what does that do to your quarterback rankings in Dynasty? Does he move up based on that? Yeah, but he didn't have much room to go up for me. I mean, I always say in the real world, with all respect to Mahomes, if I was starting a football team, I'd take Carson Wentz. I mean, I think he's my first pick in the draft, and Mahomes would be second. So I've had him extremely high in my quarterback ranks anyways, and this helps a little, I mean, for sure. But, I mean, I'd, I'd still rather have Mahomes for Dynasty, but I'm not sure if there's anybody else. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I, I think I agree. Um, Chad had a question about this. Chad says, who gets the Golden Tate role in Detroit? So let's go back to the team trading Tate away. And, and what do you value that player at currently? So we, we know, well, we said in Denver it's going to be basically a two-man show now. I think that's especially true in Detroit. They're left with Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay. <laughs> I think we're we're really trying hard to look for that third guy and and I'm not sure it matters too much. I saw people adding uh Brandon Powell from the waiver wire. I saw people adding TJ Jones from the waiver wire and, and when you're talking about waiver wire and and spending fab money and thing like things like that, it's certainly worth a shot at this point in the season, but I don't know. Obviously have to see it to believe it with those guys. And I'm not the first one to say this. I've I've heard plenty of others mention it, but it's it's what makes sense to me. Theo Riddick might see a lot of these targets. That's what I think will happen. I, I think I think Riddick I don't have any inclination on this. This is just a hunch and this is how I would handle it. I would say, Hey Theo, you're not going to the running back meeting room anymore. You're going to the wide receiver meeting room. You're our new slot option, which is great for carry on Johnson. I think that this is a team that's patterning themselves after the Patriots. And if that doesn't work, maybe they draft a Welker type, maybe. But I also think they want to be more tight end centric. I think this helps Roberts a lot, who's flashed and I've kind of liked him under the radar. He's been like my bottom of the roster stash these last month or two. Um, I just think that the whole team's a work in progress. And the Patricia wants to run the ball a lot. And he's made that pretty clear. And I think they want to, throw deep a lot, and that's great for Galladay and Jones, but I think Galladay's uh, got a spike here, too, for Dynasty. Yeah, and, and we know he was he was already on the way up mm-hmm. after the way he started the season. You said that that potential Riddick to wide receiver shift would be good for carry-on. Uh, I agree with that, obviously, but I think it would be great for Riddick, too. Yeah. Uh, between... Between them adding on Johnson and then the the injury to Riddick that's kept him out over the past two or three games, he's kind of become the forgotten man. But if he becomes their slot receiver and we don't have to wait for on Johnson to go off the field to see Riddick come on, if, if you're getting both those guys on the field together, that, to me that's a huge bump for Riddick. Yeah, right, right. I mean, you might not lose a whole lot, you know, if, if Riddick just does it from a different spot on the field. And, that, you know, Tate's a really good player. But they weren't going to resign him. And I do think Patricia, big picture, realizes we're not a contender right now. We're playing all right, but I'm I'm trading to get my type of guys, Damon Harrison. It's going pretty well. We're trying to build a running game, but we're not a contender right now. Yeah. Pick yeah. up Roberts yeah, if he's fair. still out there, though. 
I might have to do that. I've, I haven't, um, I haven't been sold on him even after his, his two touchdown week, uh, a couple weeks ago, but maybe, maybe somebody's got to get these targets. Uh, I said I would be trading for Ty Montgomery. I would be trading for Theo Riddick as well. Third rounder. Does that get it done? Yep. Uh, I hope so. I would think. I, I mean, so. stock's pretty low in the general eye. Right, right. Although, you know, when there's news like this, sometimes it, it's hard. Everybody everybody kind of knows what's going on. True, true. And everyone's listening to us, of course. <laughs> hey, before, can I stop you for a minute? I'm pretty excited about something. I've told many of you this a long, long time now. Back, way back when, Harry's became a sponsor of a podcast I used to do. Uh, run from time to time or all the time at ESPN and I used to be an electric guy and I always stayed away from blades because my face would break out I have sensitive skin I'm a very tender fella so when I tried the Harry stuff I'm like I guess I'll try it they're a sponsor I've been using it ever since every day I use Harry's it's it's the best thing going um it's just different than all the other blades there's no doubt and Harry stands behind the quality of their blade but they know that switching razors isn't an easy decision. It, was, it wasn't for me. I wasn't even going to try them. But it should be. So they created a trial offer for you. Claim yours by going to harrys.com slash dynasty. Uh, that's all caps. I, I'm not sure that that matters, but make sure you use the all caps. So Harry's founders were fed up with overpaying for expensive razors with unnecessary features. They realized that a great shave comes down to great blades made of sharp, durable steel that lasts. That's why they bought a factory that's been making some of the highest quality blades in the world for over the last 95 years. And by selling directly to you over the internet, Harry's can offer their blades at a price much lower than the leading brand. It's only $2 a blade as opposed to 4 or 5 or even more. So they have a quality guarantee. If you don't love your shave, let Harry's know within 30 days and they'll give you a full refund. So you get a $13 value trial set that comes with everything you need for a close, comfortable shave, a wonderful weighted handle, five-blade razor with lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, travel blade cover. So, listeners of our show can redeem their trial set at harrys.com slash dynasty. Make sure it's all caps. Make sure you go to harrys.com slash dynasty to redeem your offer and let them know that we sent you to help support the show. Matt, our next question comes from another Matt. Matt Price, who we've had on the show, my co-host on the DLF podcast. And Matt says, what are you doing with Gronk in a tight end premium league? Should we buy low since he's been quiet for most of the season? What would you pay? Or do you get out now before the bottom drops out? This, I think this is one of the, one of the most difficult and, and maybe one of the most important decisions dynasty owners can make this season is is what to do with Gronk. We know he's been an elite asset, an elite talent, but he simply hasn't gotten it done, like like Matt said, this season. So if you own Gronk, whether it's tied in premium league or not, if you own Gronk, what would you be doing with him at this point? My thoughts on Gronk going into this year was I thought he was going to be a league winner for you. You know, I thought he was going to, if I had to put a chip down of who was going to lead the league in touchdown receptions this day, this year, it would have been Gronk. I thought everything was setting up for him to be a monster. But you watch him, he doesn't pass the eyeball test anymore. And I've been saying pretty much all year that he doesn't look the same to me. And I was listening to Ross Tucker's podcast today, and Ross was on the sidelines of the game last week, and Ross has... 
a very bad back from playing. And he's like, Gronk looks like I feel. You know, like that, that he has this bad back. And Ross's words were, if I could sit down with Rob Gronkowski, I would tell him to finish out this year and retire because it's never going to get better. It goes back to his Arizona days. That's why he was a second-round pick. Anyone that's had a back problem, like my dad or whoever, knows they never really get better. And he's not moving well. So this might burn me, but I think this the, the end might be now. And I own him in one league where I'm a contender, and I've been trying to turn him into like a kittle. I can't get anything done, man. No, Nobody's biting that. So have you been trying for Kittle Plus? Kittle Plus. And probably that Plus yeah. was way too much. But I can't even get a nibble. You know, like I was trying O.J. Howard and Najoku and Engram for, you know, and a first for Gronk. And I can't even get a, eh, let me think about it. Let me give you a counter offer. It's just, he's injured. He doesn't look good. I don't want him. Yeah. So, so I, I think I agree that I would, I would be looking to sell rather than buy. And the good news is we've got a lot of options. You, you ran off some names there. Yeah. We, we've talked about the four sophomore tight ends, uh, second year tight ends, Ingram, uh, Howard and Joku Kittle. Uh, but you can, you can even go, you know, you can go for Goddard and maybe that plus is a little better than, than one of those guys. There's, there's quite a few options right now. Hunter Henry, Hunter Henry. Yeah. Um, looking, and again, looking at our most recent ADP, Gronk was still tied in too. I don't think he, uh, I don't think he will be in, in November. Um, so is he three? I wouldn't be shocked if Kittle passed him, honestly. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm I'm sitting here looking at mine and I got Ertz, Kelsey, Gronk, and I could go either way on Kelsey or Ertz, Kittle four, and then I'm into the Engram, OJ Howard guys. I might rather have Kittle. Yeah, yeah. I, I looked up some recent trades involving Gronkowski, and these are all just from random dynasty leagues out there, so I, I can't speak to you know, the quality of these leagues or anything, but overall this is pretty disappointing. You, you talked about asking for one of those young tight ends in a first. That Yeah, that seems to be... Uh, Quite a bit higher than than most of what I'm seeing. Here's one Gronk for Duke Johnson and a first. So essentially just a first. Yeah. Um, Gronk for Alex Collins. Even oh no. Gronk. Oh, this. I want to see what you think about this one. Gronk, Chris Thompson, and a third. That's one side. For Philip Lindsay and Ricky Seals Jones. I still want the Gronk side on these yeah. ones. Yeah, I, mean, I, yeah. I want the Gronk side. Same with the Collins okay. trade. I mean, like, those are insane to me. I mean, I could probably be persuaded. How about Gronk in a second for Kittle? I think that's what you, I think that's what it might have to look yeah. like. Um, uh, there's there's quite a few. There's more. There's two or three, at least, just Gronk for a first round. Even if his back's terrible, though, he might catch eight more touchdowns this year. Well, that's what I was going <laughs> to say. Like, it's, uh, selling him right now, I mean, he's he's always been a guy who has been a streaky player. You know, he'll he'll get uh, five touchdowns in three games, kind of thing. And and I I wouldn't be surprised if we see one of those streaks as they they really kind of push it into overdrive here. And and 
fight for this number one seed and, and, uh, you know, uh, all, all these things that we always see them. We always see the Patriots do at the end of the season. So I, I like the idea of selling in general. I don't know. And unless you can get a deal like you described, I, I don't know that I'm selling right now. I think I'm just going to wait it out a little bit longer. I mean, his stock can't be lower. So I don't want Philip Lindsay or Alex Collins in return who might not even be a starting running back next year. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I, I agree. Matt, let's get to a couple other questions. Here's one from Jerry. What kind of upside do you see for Traquan Smith and Marquez Valdez-Scantling? Uh, any top 15 potential with either one? These are a couple guys we haven't talked about much at all. They've both been, uh, they've both been impressive, but still certainly held down by... Uh, the wide receiver ones on their team. Uh, of course, Smith with Michael Thomas, Valdez Scantling with Devonte Adams. So we don't see either of these guys as uh, top options on their own team for, well, I mean, what, two, two four three, years. four years. Their quarterbacks uh, will be gone at by least. the time they're number ones. That's, that's fair. Um, <clears throat> but that doesn't mean they can't be fantasy assets, dynasty assets, and, and it doesn't mean they can't be top 15 overall at, at the wide receiver position either. So which of those guys do you prefer and how high do you see the upside? I don't see top 15 upside because there's a lot of good receivers out there right now. You know, I mean, that's that's pretty rich. And we were just talking about, um, you know, like Sutton trying to get into the top 15. And you'd much rather have Sutton than these guys to me. Right. But I don't think they're far from being every week starters, especially Smith. Because I think Smith is truly the number two receiver there. I mean, wide receiver. They've always had the long, or they always have the deep ball guy, Devery Henderson, Ted Ginn. And I think that's him. But I think he can bring more to the table than those guys. Um, I think Valdez Scandling is very interesting. I like him an awful lot. Uh, much more than I thought I would when he came out of school. I didn't know a ton about him. Um, but to me, he should be past Allison by now already, or should in the next week or two. And it doesn't seem to be happening. It doesn't mean that it won't. But they are similar. I mean, you could make a case for both. I thought last week was a huge game for the Packers from a dynasty perspective because Allison was back and Cobb was back. And we got to see how those two were going to mesh with Valdez Scantling and Equinemius, uh, the the two rookies that had been filling in, and and really kind of told us where those four stood. Uh, and and what we learned was it's really close between Cobb, Valdez Scantling, and and Allison right now. Uh, if you look at routes run, if you look at snap percentage, and if you look at targets, they're all kind of in the same range. But it it was Valdez Scantling that um, that was the head of the two veterans. So if you think, and, and it, uh, obviously that's just one game, but if you think he's already on even footing with those two guys, and he's three, four, yeah, he's two, three, four, five years younger. He's even. He's leaving. Right, it, it becomes kind of a kind of an easy choice, and you know I hate to say that about my guy Cobb. I think we thought we thought this time last year Cobb would probably get cut, and now it seems like almost a certainty that he will be gone, and that they'll 
uh, they'll really find out what they have with these young guys. Yeah, I think you said that well. And I bet if we talk in a month that he's their clear number two, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, I, I really do. Um, the good thing is he's still pretty inexpensive. I think you can buy him for a second rounder pretty easily, actually. Um, so that 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 would be a move to consider, I think. Yeah, I like that a lot the more that we sit here and think about it. I don't think you can get Smith for a second, but I think it kind of works in Valdez Scantling's favor that he didn't go to Ohio State and people didn't know him for all these years. But I'm sure there's people out there just going... Ah, he's a fluky dude that I never knew anything about. You know that, but he's very talented and he's in a great situation. Next question comes from Tubaka. Tubaka says, "Alan Robinson, buy, sell, or hold? What are your thoughts on Robinson? His first season in Chicago? I would say he's a hold. That I love the offense. A lot of mouse to feed." I don't know that their quarterback will ever be an accurate passer. Um, Robinson continues to battle injuries. Uh, I don't think that he's worthless by any stretch, though, either. You know, I mean, I don't know that you could get enough for him now or that I love him enough to buy him. But I'm kind of hanging with him and probably starting him until I can gather more info here. That's where I am as well. I've I've been disappointed by him. I I thought there were big things to come um, with him in that offense. And uh, over the past month or so, the offense has picked up. We've seen Trubisky as a, a top 10 tight end three weeks in a row. We've seen Tariq Cohen, Cohen going off. We've seen Trey Burton having some big games and it, it hasn't really happened yet with Robinson. Uh, of course, he's, he's been dealing with a groin injury that uh, kept him out last week, but, Overall, it's been a disappointing season. I agree. He's he is a hold for me as well. I, I haven't seen enough that I'm actively going out and trying to buy him, uh, even at a presumed lower price. But um, but I'm I'm not dumping him either. So totally agree. He's he's just a hold, and hope the back half of the season brings. Uh, some some better production and, and just a better look from him overall. Yeah, one more note on him, though, is he has dealt with a lot of number one type corners, which you could look at mm. two ways. Like, boy, he's had some tough matchups, but he's not winning them. You know, like if you're a number one receiver, you should at least battle those guys to a draw. And I wonder if in the ideal world, he's Alvin Harper and not Michael Irvin. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Next question, Jabbar Iguana says, with pending free agency for Mark Ingram, is he a buy or sell candidate? What are your thoughts on Mark Ingram? I think a lot of teams would like that Mark Ingram. I mean, I could picture Ingram as the Ravens starting running back next year, and I like that. Yeah. I think he's a good player. I think he's a sell for me. Really? And, and uh, it just, it, uh, obviously it comes down to price. Uh, I, I think his price right now is a little bit inflated because he plays on, he plays for the saints. Uh, I think in fact, if he were the Ravens starter right now and uh, had less competition than a guy like Alvin Kamara, I, I think his price would actually be lower in that, in that situation. So See, I think he's a feature back. And I also think that if you remember, Took him a while to see the field too, so he didn't. He has not right. a ton of wear and tear for as many years as he's been in the league. 
I mean, what's what's sticking with me is basically what we've seen from him in the last half season. Half season being uh, these. I think he's played what three or four games this year, and and kind of the way he ended last season. I mean, he was he was being phased out of that offense. You know, not just Kamara took over; he was being phased out. And, I don't see it that way. I see him losing touches to a phenomenal player in Kamara. Well, he'll 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 get a job. I think we yeah. we're pretty certain he won't be back with New Orleans. He will get a job somewhere. So I think you're going to have a sell opportunity, even if you don't sell right now. Um, the way you're talking about if, him, you think I I kind of feel like he's a Crowell to the Jets offseason field for you. Yes, yes, I, like I think that's that. a good comparison. Okay, I I like him more than that. If. I don't think you can get a first rounder for him right now, but if I could get a first for him, I would sell. I'd give you two twos, especially for one of them. I think is late. Yeah, that's that's probably what the that's probably what the trade talk would look mm-hmm. like, right? I, I offer for a first, you counter with two twos, and and then I've got a decision to make. Yeah. And and in that case, it comes down to my roster. If if I think I'm I'm a contender and I'm going to start him every week the rest of this year in my flex spot, then he's not he's he's worth more than two twos and I'm just gonna hang on to Do you it. think he is startable for the rest of the year? You don't love it though. If we're talking no if we're talking RB three or or a flex spot, yeah, probably. And, and again, just it's it's because of that offense. They're gonna move, they're gonna get scoring opportunities. He's gonna get some some touches inside the five and ten. And, and because of that yeah, if I have to. That backfield historically puts out massive numbers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> All right, one more question. I want to get your thoughts on this one. I'm, I'm, I'm glad Nathaniel asked this because this, this is a player that I've been excited to watch this year. He says, what are we doing with Tyler Boyd? Matt, uh, we've seen Tyler Boyd kind of bringing back the idea of the, the third-year breakout receiver that was – um, that was one of these narratives, uh, in, in fantasy football leagues for years and years. And then we got spoiled along the way and, and expected immediate production. Boyd had a couple disappointing years and right now he is a wide receiver one. I like him. I mean, I think he's the ultimate Alvin Harper, Robin, the Batman. I mean, and they have Batman, um, I don't think this year's fluky. I don't think that I can count on Ross or Eifert to dig into his totals much at all. Right, <laughs> you right. know, I mean, they were kind of threats at one point, especially Ross. I think he's a real good football player in a good enough situation, but I think he's a fantasy wide receiver three for the next five years. Wow. That surprises you me. You think I'd like him more because he went to pit or what? And- no, no, I just uh, I, I've been really impressed with him this year. He is, as I said, he's he's a wide receiver one, and and I don't I, I don't mean as uh, you know in general football terms. Obviously, AJ Green is is the alpha guy there, but he is a top twelve fantasy wide receiver right now, and I mean I'm happy to roll him out in my starting lineup every single week. Yeah, I mean maybe maybe that's a little harsh to say he's a wide receiver three, but. I don't think he's a top 24 receiver, but I have no problem starting him. And, you know, most of these leagues start three or up to six receivers, and he fits that bill. But, 
you know, like when we were having the conversations, the the, the yodeler going up the, the mountain, I mean, his <laughs> yeah. name didn't pop up, and we were talking about 25 guys or so, so I think he's probably right after them. Now, his, I mean, he had a long way to climb, right? Um, <laughs> right, if you look right. at If you look at July, September, uh, July, August, September data, ADP data, he was, I, mean, I think he was outside the top 200. So in uh, in October, he jumps up to wide receiver 40. And again, if you look at some of these names ahead of him, he's going to fly right by these guys. Keelan Cole, sure, Devin sure. Funches, Christian Kirk, Sanders, Demarius Thomas. Um, um, around you're a little 35. rough on Funches and Kirk, though. I mean, I think that's a I conversation. He, I, I like Kirk quite a bit, but I, I'd rather have Boyd. Would you rather have Traquan Smith than Boyd? No. Would you rather have Sutton than Boyd? Eh, yeah, probably. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> so we're we're between maybe 25 and 35 for uh, for Tyler Boyd. You giving up any first um, for him though? So I don't think he's that dynamic of a player for me to give up a first that is tantalizing. You know, but it's probably fair. I, I, yeah, I mean, you're not getting him for less right. than that. Maybe get him for Gronk. <laughs> Maybe that's, that's right. the trade. That's the trade you need to make. All right, Matt. On that note, we will call it a night. Uh, thanks to everyone for the questions. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next time with more Dynasty Three Friends.